0: أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه, وأزواجه وضرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان وبعد uh, We continue with the kitab adab safar باب uh, استحباب الخروج يوم الخميسي وستحبابه أول النهار This is the, the book Uh, or the section regarding the etiquettes of how to travel, what's the sunnah way of how to travel, and how a person can garner the uh, maximum spiritual benefits from from, from the way that they travel. Uh, The specific chapter with regards to the recommendation to leave the house on a Thursday, and the recommendation to uh, leave in the beginning of the day. And Sidna Kabin ibn Malikin Radhialla ta' anhu and Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa a haraja fi ghazwati tabuqa yom al-Khamisit waqana yuhibbu anyachruja yom al Khames Mutafaqan alayhi wafiri wayatin fisahihini laqalla ma' cana rasulullahi sallallahu alayhua sallam a yahruju illafi yom al khamis Sayyna Kabin Malik Radiyyalla ta'la narrates that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa set out for the, the, the expedition of tabook. On a Thursday, the expedition of Tabuk is uh, a follow up after the Battle of Mu'tah. Mu'tah was a, a, a battle in which Rasulullah sent and dispatched an army to fight the Romans who were encroaching on the Arabian Peninsula. And that army was under the command of Zayd bin Haritha, عنه, who was in Jahiliyyah, the adopted son of the Prophet. He was such a close companion of the Prophet sallallahu Had he survived the Prophet sallallahu he may have been even his khalifa. And uh, uh, so he set him as commander of that army. And then after him he set, uh, 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 should he fall, uh, Sayyidina uh, uh, Ja'far bin Abi Talib, who was the brother of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu, and a person who physically resembled the Prophet sallallahu closely. And uh, uh, then after him, should he fall, uh, Sayyidina Abdullah bin Rawaha, ta'ala uh, anhu so all three of those commanders were shahid fi sabilillah in that battle and the flag fell from the hand of Sayyidina zayd bin harithah ta'ala anhu and abdullah bin jafar took it and uh, he was given the lakab of a tayyar because it was seen in dreams that of him flying through jannah that his two arms were a- a- amputated uh, from losing them in battle that he one arm was carrying the flag and it got cut and he held the flag with the other arm and it got cut and then he literally held the flag with his teeth uh, until he until he fell on the battlefield and then Abdullah bin Rawaha received it and so in place of his uh, amputated arms he had wings and he he, he flew and was ascending through the maqamat of jannah Abdullah bin Rawaha afterward he hesitated momentarily before going forward in battle and that's why it was seen as Zaid bin Haritha radi Allahu anhu and Sayyidina uh, see, Ja'far al-Tayyar ibn, uh, ibn Abi Talib were flying ...faster and then he was flying behind the two of them. Uh, 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 and then after that... Amr bin As, radiallahu ta'ala anhu... ...who was a new convert uh, to Islam... ...and he was a, 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 a genius of strategy... ...a very eloquent man... ...and a very, a, a very intelligent man of Quraysh. He had recently defected uh, uh, from Quraysh... ...and, and t- taken up the deen... ...and uh, accepted Islam. And because of his new Islam... ...he wasn't put as a commander in the army... But because the appointed commanders of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, all of them fell uh, uh, one by one, the Sahaba decided, because he was a very competent and able person, they decided to make him commander. And so what he did was he took the rest of the Muslim forces and they retreated, because the Roman armies a uh, crack elite force, very difficult to fight. Uh, and so they did, they did a tactical retreat, and then what he did was he ordered by the nightfall, he ordered the Muslims, uh, each of them to gather wood, firewood. And each one of them make a fire in order to make it look like, because the scouts of the Romans want to see how many of them are there. They want to make it look like there's ten times the number of people because usually you only light a fire for ten men. And then after that, he uh, ordered them in the day, in the, uh, when the day broke to march around a mountain in and out of the sight of the, of the Roman army so it looks like there are more and more reinforcements coming to demoralize the Romans. Uh, and so the Romans actually retreated from there. And so the Sahaba, radiallahu الله عنهم, it's very interesting that when they came back to Medina Munawwara, uh, uh, Rasulullah wasallam wept for the people who, who were uh, shaheed in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he went and visited and consoled the family of Ja'far bin Abi Talib and uh, of Zayd bin Haritha and the other Shuhada. And the, the Medani people were somewhat uh, irritated with uh, Amr bin Asr radiallahu anhu. Why? Because you should have also fought and you should have also been shaheed like the rest of them. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in fact, he didn't, he didn't agree. And he, uh, he said to Amr that you did what you did, what you did was right. The idea is that a person should sacrifice for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and be ready to sacrifice for the sake of Allah ta'ala. But the goal of that spirit is not to, not to just lose for no reason. But if you have an objective, you set out of your home to do something, the attainment of the objective is the goal. And then in, in that process, if for whatever reason you should fail, or you should be killed, or you should suffer some sort of loss, then that's something that's accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the failure shouldn't be an objective in and of itself. And I think that's one of the problems with a lot of weird uh, screwball groups in the, in the world nowadays that are ready to go out and just blow themselves up and whatever. They have no objective in mind in the first place. They're not doing anything. There's no rational way a person like that can think how, how Islam and the Muslims are going to benefit from this. They just said, well, you know, we already lost, so what the hell? And just, you know, and that's what it is. It's just what the hell. That's where it begins and that's where it ends. Uh, uh, there's no, there's no uh, glory and glamour in it and there's no reward in it. It just uh, makes life difficult for everybody and it will make the hereafter difficult for themselves and Allah Ta'ala protect us from that. That's why it's important to attend dars and things like that. There are many people who have a lot of excitement with regards to deen, but because they don't understand it, they end up doing more harm to themselves and to others than, 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 than benefit, and had they sat and listened, right, Rasulullah actually praised uh, Amr bin As, he actually saved the rest of the army, and the objective which was what, to check the advance of the Roman army into the, into the uh, Arabian peninsula, they said, these pe- they thought these people fought so hard, and now they have all these re- reinforcements, and there's so many of them, and Arabia is like a God-forsaken place according to the rest of the world, right? It's nothing there but desert. There's nothing there to steal or jack. Even today, nobody would care about it if it wasn't for oil. Uh, uh, so they just said, you know what? Just leave it alone. Uh, leave it alone as long as they stay there. The next year, the Ghazwa of Tabuk after the, after the Battle of Mu'tah, Rasulullah because imagine that he took it very personally. He himself gathered an army and this was the most prepared army that the Muslims ever had. Every other time, Uhud, Badr, you know, Khandaq, things like that. It was very like they had to scramble an army at the last minute, or, or with very little preparation. The Battle of Tabuk uh, was an army in which there was, or was an army in which there was announcements made in Medina Munawara and from all the places where the Muslims lived that come forth, prepare. Everyone should bring a riding animal. Everyone should bring their proper arms, armament, armor. The the wealthy amongst the Muslims donated for those people who couldn't afford to. Uh, 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 bring the proper uh, the horse and the the arms and the uh, armor that they donated money for those soldiers then to to be equipped properly so that this army could go and face the uh, uh, face the Romans it's not like they just said ah this is the messenger of Allah we're just going to walk on the battlefield and like you know like twirl the stick like a magic wand and the angels are going to just like you know whatever like some sort of video game uh, rain down fire onto the battlefield Um, those things those things happen but then what do we need you for? If the angels are doing all the work, then why are you and me going to show up Al qiyam and ask to go to Jannah, right? The angels are already the angels, mashallah. So, uh, uh, you know, there's, there's wisdom in everything. At any rate, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa tabuk was something that he meticulously planned. And uh, and uh, uh, there's like uh, there's a lot of history with regards to it. Uh, but Rasulullah wasallam used to love going out on, 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 on Thursday. When he would go on a trip, he would plan to leave on Thursday. And he left for the Ghazwa of Tabuk on a Thursday. And Allah knows best what the hikmah uh, uh, of it may be. One of the things that comes to my mind is the barakah of, of Jumu'ah. That one, if you're traveling, then the Jumu'ah is not wajib on you. But the barakah of Jumu'ah are very very helpful and very necessary for people. Uh, some of the greatest uh, battles uh, of the history of Islam, they took place on Fridays. The Battle of Injalut, which is uh, uh, the battle in which the Mamluk Turkic Slave King Army, they, 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 they uh, uh, gave the first defeat in the open battlefield to the Mongols. Imagine the, they went all the way from Mongolia all the way to uh, Palestine and they're about to invade Egypt. They literally swept the entire Asian continent without being defeated in the battlefield. So, uh, you know, Seyfuddin Qutuz and uh, Ruknuddin Babers and the the Mamluk slave slave king armies of Egypt, they were like, no, this is it, it's going to stop here. Because the Mamluks, the slave kings that rule over Egypt, they themselves are Turks who are like cousins of the Mongols. So they have very similar battle tactics. They're similar abilities. They ride horse very well. Both armies. They uh, uh, they have very accurate uh, archery skills. They're they're master tacticians. They they strike hard and they move fast. And so they said that yeah these guys. You know, we're not going to let them. We're not going to let them destroy Syria and destroy Egypt, uh, like they destroyed the Muslims of Central Asia. When the, you know, Imam Bukhari and Tirmidhi and all these Nasai, Nasa and, and Tirmidhi, all of these different cities, these were great centers of learning and culture in the Muslim world. Literally decimated to the ground. Even plants were not left alive. Uh, 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 they were burned in, in such a way that that stone was not left on top of another stone. Buildings, everything was destroyed. And so these cities, they still exist, Bukhara and Samarkand and and Tirmiz and all these. These are all, all the original people of them all died. And people re, you know, different people came and re-inhabited them and repopulated them. Um, And in many ways, the culture of those, that Central Asia, much of it had to flee and seek refuge in India. Because India was also uh, uh, ruled by Turkic slave kings. And uh, they, also, they also held their own against, uh, against the Mongols in battle. So at any rate, uh, uh, the Battle of Ain Jalut is the first defeat that was given to, uh, uh, given to the, the Mongols in the open field. And that was the advice of the ulama to uh, Seyfuddin Qutuz, who was the, 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 the commander of that army, that wait until after the hour of Jumu'ah has passed even though because they're in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, neither Jumu'ah is, is obligatory on them, nor are, are, are they going to pray it anyway. But because they wanted to have the help of the du'as of the people, because everybody knew that the, 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 this army is going out, if it gets defeated, then all of North Africa will probably come under Mongol rule as well. And they don't let people go, they kill everybody. Uh, uh, and so it was a danger for the existence of Islam itself that if they decided to turn south and then destroy the Sakta Harameen Sharifain, there's nobody to defend them afterward. Uh, but Allah Ta'ala was there to defend them. So they literally waited for, waited for the, the sacred hour of Jummah to pass so that the du'as of the people were with them. And by Allah Ta'ala's help, uh, 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 you know, the, the, the Turkic commanders lured them into, into such a trap that, uh, uh, that they, they completely got decimated. And it was such a shock uh, uh, the, 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 the Khan uh, Ulegu who was the commander of that army although he wasn't personally there in the battle he was revered in fact Ulegu becomes in Persian and Arabic it becomes Halaku which is not actually his name Halak in the Arabic language means like destruction like killing and destruction they gave him the nickname because it was it was spelled very similarly the Gaf and the Kaf are written the same in the, in the old Persian orthography so they gave him the nickname because of like how crazy he was, like how many people he had killed. He had sacked Baghdad, which was the seat of the caliphate. People were in shock. They thought the Yamukhiyama was happening. This is how crazy this guy was, and uh, uh, for him to uh, for his army to fall into a trap, and and literally only a, a couple of people were sent to to carry the the message. They were spared in order to send back the message of how bad the defeat was. Um, it was such a sadma, and it was such a a. Uh, 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 a blow to the prestige of the Mongol armies, that they quarrelled with one another and they started to fight with one another after that. that there was one of the, the Mongol commanders, uh, his name was Berke. He took the, the, the Muslim name Baraka. he accepted Islam, and he actually had the, 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 the Galdan to rebel against uh, uh, his, uh, his, his cousin uh, Hulaku uh, uh, and actually contest the the, 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 the leadership of, uh, of, of of the Mongol hordes in the. West and it completely like they never rebounded from that. That, that the how hard that, that that defeat was again afterward, and afterward, most of the Mongol commanders will start to accept Islam as well. And uh, uh what was it? It was perhaps Allahu Alam, Allah knows best what the, the reason is for the Thursday. But one of the things that that I think it may be also is that it, it helps a person by uh, garnering the barakat of, 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 of Jumu'ah and whatever uh suffer that people went out to. I mean these they didn't used to go out and suffer for vacation. Either you're going to visit the house of Allah Ta'ala or you're going to seek knowledge or you're going to uh go out in, in the path of Allah Ta'ala. One Sahrun bin Wadaat al ghamidi a Sahabi radiyallahu ta'ala anhu anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam qala Allahumma barik li ummati fi bukuriha wa idha kana ba'ata sarihatan aw jayshan hum min awwal an-nahari wa kana Sahrun tajiran. Uh, فَكَانَ fakana yabathu tijaratahu النَّهَارِ nahari مَالُهُ maluhu وَالْتِرْمِذِيُّ abu حَدِيثٌ حَسَنٌ So bin wadaa al-ghamidi ghamid is a, a, a clan of azd azd is a very large uh, uh, is a very large uh, tribal confederation of uh, of the arabs uh, uh, and so ghamid uh, was uh, 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 his name was amr and the reason he received the name ghamid is because as the tri- tribal confederation of asd they had beef between them It fractured into ne- several competing different groups and they all they all fought with one another and uh, he uh, he took the different uh, warring sides and he uh, made sulh between them so he he uh, uh, he he, he patched up things between them and got the tribe back together again and stopped them from infighting so uh, uh, uh they call him Ramadi because the the, the the anger and the war and the infighting from before who it's like he drowned it out. Uh, there's a, 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 a joker individual who takes the name Said Ahmed Ramadi and he is neither Saeed nor is he Ahmed nor is he Ramadi. He actually took the name just like as his stage name. And he was a stooge of the uh, the, the the military dictatorship of Pervez Musharraf. Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala be praised, who rid uh, the Darul Islam of it. And uh, uh, he now makes the rounds in America because he's banned in Pakistan because he gave all these kind of ridiculous fatwas to make the military government happy. But the problem is, they're like completely against. Uh, they're completely against the ijma of the ulama, and he did, he's basically a hadith rejector and weird guy who gives weird fatwa, you don't have to pay zakat because you already pay taxes and all this other stuff. So, uh, uh, you know, mashallah, I guess you don't have to pay as many taxes anymore either because mashallah, uh, the Senate is about to rob the, uh, the exchequer drive, but uh, khair, we digress. So this was a real Ramadi. Sakhar bin Wada'a was a descendant of this uh, 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 Amr who was uh, the Ramid the of Azd. And uh, he said that the prophet, the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, he made du'a, Oh Allah put baraka in my ummah in its mornings, and Rasulullah ﷺ, if he was going to send out a, a detachment or an army, he would often send them at first thing in the morning. Uh, 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 why? Because there's barakah at that time. And this Sakhar who narrates the hadith, he was a businessman. He was a tajir, a trader. And he also used to be very meticulous That whenever he did any business He would start out early in the morning At the crack of basically right after Fajr Right after praying Fajr And uh, يعني Sara ذَا Sara ذَا he, he became wealthy مَالُهُ And his, uh, his, his wealth became plentiful This is another thing It's really bad What do we do? After Isha we hang out and we talk it's not, a good, it's not a good thing. Our parties, if we want to have them, we should have them earlier. People should go to sleep right after, right after Isha. That, that's the, type of, the time of sleep that's the most restful. And then people should wake up the next morning from Fajr. If you feel sleepy, then take a nap l- later in the day. But people should try to do that, the, the Fajr, to, uh, Fajr to Isha schedule. In the summers, it's not as easy because the night is shorter, so you take a nap longer. But uh, this whole thing of hanging out at, at, at night afterward, it makes people miss Fajr first of all. And it precludes them from ever being able to read Tahajjud. Nobody's achieved any maqam with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, except for by reading Tahajjud. Nobody, any person who thinks that they're a Sufi or one of the Salihin or a Salafi and they follow the Salaf, the Salaf, they used to wake up for Tahajjud. The Sufis, they used to wake up for Tahajjud. Everybody used to wake up, nobody wake up for tahajjud anymore, it's comical how you wake up for tahajjud then your problems get solved and then the next day you're like, yeah, I'm tired. If you don't go to sleep right after Isha, you're probably not going to wake up for fajr, there's a good chance you're not going to wake up for fajr except for with great difficulty and you'll muddle through your fajr. Whereas if you're going to sleep at 8 o'clock, I mean you get a straight uh, 8 hours of sleep after 8 o'clock. And you still have an hour and a half to pray tahajjud before, before uh, the uh, uh, fajr comes in. That's the proper schedule. And more than that, or, or on top of that, I should say, is that the barakah is in the early morning. When you study, that's the, that's the most Mubarak time. When you do some business, that's the most Mubarak time. When you do some work, that's the time that Allah gets more done with less. Uh, but, but guess what? The whole Pakistan, the whole India, the markets don't even open until like 11 o'clock. If you show up at someone's shop at ten thirty, they'll probably be sitting there eating their breakfast. They'll like drink tea with you. They don't sell you anything. Whereas, what those places that are heavily influenced by the Brit- like Lahore, for example, Karachi, the markets all open late. The places where the British didn't rule directly, right? The 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 places uh, in the in the in the uh, north, where the Pathans are, or the places where the Baloch are, or the places where the uh, uh, for example. Uh, uh, rural areas that weren't so heavily influenced by the, uh, the British still the markets all open after Fajr why? because بكوريها, right? you don't have to have the business open 24-7 the idea with people was what you have, you know, they had a completely different way of life all the people who sell shoes are in one line all the people who sell pots and pans are in one line everybody knew how much money they needed to get their household expenses done once they got their money they closed up the shop so that their brother could also make a living if you have a, a community like that, will people care for each other? Yes. If people care for each other, are you going to have as many drive-by shootings? Are you going to have as many like, uh, theft? Are you going to have people, you know, outsiders going to come, come in and be able to mix it up and like, uh, uh, dispossess you of your land? Absolutely not, because you got each other's back. And everybody's happy. There's enough to go around. It's just that when, when people do things stupid in a stupid way and waste their resources, then there's not enough resources left over. And when you have to compete for those things that were plentiful, and you screwed them up yourselves as a Qum out of bad habits, I shouldn't say you, I should say me and we, uh, out of our bad habits, then people will, instead of uh, uh, collaborating with one another, then people are going to try to backstab one another. And individuals may become very powerful, but as a community, everybody is going to become weak. Uh, uh, But Rasulullah that's that's his... Uh, his sunnah is that things should be done early in the morning. Trust me, I'm the last guy who was like, I'm not a morning person. When morning persons say stuff like this, then you're like, yeah, sure, it's easy for you to say that. I'm not a morning person. I'm, I'm uh, very much a night owl. The thing is, though, the problem is it works. And I've experienced it myself as well. And if it's not easy to do, you have to work hard in order to maintain that, that, uh, uh, that schedule. Sometimes people accuse you of being antisocial. This comes to another important precept with regards to your uh, suluk, which is what? Don't ever f- uh, feel ashamed or apologize to anyone for not wasting time. If someone wants to waste your time, say no. And if they try to guilt, you, guilt trip you about it or say something to you about it, it's your problem. Never apologize about using your time wisely. It's the only thing you have. It's the only resource Allah ta'ala gave any, any one of us. Use your, your use your time wisely. If it's difficult to get onto the schedule, it's still worth it. Uh, do what you can to get get, get on the the, the schedule of the Sunnah. الرفقتي, uh, أنفسهم, uh, uh, so this is the uh, chapter with uh, regards to seeking company and seeking leadership uh, for people over themselves. Uh, uh, uh From someone that they that they will follow their orders, someone that they 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 can obey, this means what that one of the one of the signs or one of the the traits of a leader it 's not only piety and righteousness and knowledge and competence those things are all important as well uh One of the traits of a leader is also that he 's somebody that 's like obeyable, somebody who is really good at what they do, really smart, really pious, but they 're completely disagreeable in their disposition. How are people going to obey such a person? Uh, so somebody who is in a position of leadership should also do themselves and do other people a favor as well. Not be so harsh with everybody all the time. Lest somebody who is less competent be put into leadership and the people suffer because of that as well. So if you want someone to apologize to you, you should also have your door open and like you know, not make it difficult for them to apologize. If you want someone to listen to what you say, then try not humiliating them every time they listen to what you say. I, I, I I'm like I'm. I don't even want to say I'm preaching to the choir. I feel like everybody here in the room is like relatively nice people. This is advice I'm giving to myself. So, uh, <laughs> it's hamdulillah. It's a thing at any rate. Allah subhanahu wa taala give us all tawfit. Uh Wa antidna Umar taala anhu. Qala sallallahu an yalamuna min Ma Ma sara Wahdahu, Rawahul Bukhari. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Umar الله uh, ta'ala anhuma. He said that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, If people knew uh, with regards to being alone what I know, then no rider would have gone out at, for a night alone. Meaning what? A night is not like a long time, it's literally like half a day. That if you knew uh, what I knew about the perils of being alone, then nobody would have even gone out alone at night. Why? There are so many reasons. Like, look, okay, you guys, mashallah, it's not the Jummah Khutbah. But go ahead and tell me what's the reason. What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Why, is it, why would Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam say this? It's dangerous. What else? Shaitan will come to you. Come to you. Some of the shaitan comes to him anyway. But khair. yeah, even more, it could come Even with an even harder game. What else? Easy to get robbed. robbed. It's easy to get jacked, mashallah. What else? It's hard to to navigate at night. It's hard to navigate at night. I read something in the Sharh in this Ibn Alan's uh, uh, um, commentary which made me feel so ashamed. Like, look at the difference between our elders and look at the difference between us. The first, you know, the first thing that he mentioned? He said, if you're alone, how are you going to pray in congregation? I was like, oh man, Stop for a I wasn't even thinking about that <laughs> I was thinking about getting jacked and getting robbed, you know <laughs> I was thinking about my money those people were thinking about what? they were thinking about their salat that was the most important thing they were thinking about their salat and why wouldn't they? the salat is the most important word that a person has the salat if a person does it correctly and does it well the accounting on the day of judgment will go well and if it doesn't go good then the rest of it is not going to go good either so I read that, I was like, oh man, I felt really ashamed, you know, because uh, that's what, the way we should have been thinking about it. But I, I got, well, you guys are all pious people, you probably were thinking about it, I didn't even think about it until I read it. Uh, and then afterward he says all the, other, all the other good stuff about like, you know, a person might get robbed, and they might lose their way, and if they need help, they're not going to have anybody to help them, they could get stuck in a bad situation and things like that, right? Hey, Campbell, yes. Can you go back a little bit? You said, what was the question again? Why shouldn't we go out at night? Why? 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 What are the dangers of being alone? All the dangers of being alone. Why would Rasulullah tell us, tell us, or warn us against being alone? And, and the, you said they re, they replied because they because salat. That's that's the 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 commentator. One of the Ibn Alan, the commentator on this hadith, he said the first reason is because if you are out alone, you can't pray in congregation. Gotcha. Yeah. and then afterward, he mentions all the other stuff that you you pray to Shaytan. You're prey to spiritual, uh, 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 getting spiritually jacked and also, you you know, physically your wallet jacked as well in this dunya. If you're alone, you don't have anyone to back you up or help you out. If you get lost, you have no one to help you find your way. If you get hurt, you have nobody to, you know, you're just alone. You're easy prey. Uh, And there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, both practical drawbacks and spiritual uh, drawbacks as well. Because imagine, uh, mashallah, everybody here is so pious. If any one of us were to commit a sin, what would we do? Would we like be like, yeah, okay, like uh who's gonna go whatever get drunk after Riyadh <laughs> al No one would do it. If they're gonna do it, they're gonna hide and do it alone separately. Right? So what is the 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 solution to that? If that's an issue, then don't spend time alone. There's so many sins, uh, there's so many sins that, that shaitan comes to the person's the hadith of the Prophet that 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 stay with the stay with the Jama'a, stay with the, the 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 congregation, the gathering of the Muslims, because the the wolf Shaitan, the wolf uh, Shaitan will uh, attack the stray, the the sheep that strays from the herd. Why? Because if Shaitan tries to jump in the middle of a herd, like like three sheep like charging the Shaitan and hitting it one or hitting the wolf and hitting it one after the other, it's going to kill the wolf or put it out of commission or like you know put a cramp in its style at the very least. Whereas the stray one, the wolf can. Kill it before the rest can get get to it to help, so it can kill it, bite it in the neck, kill it, bleed it, and then run away, and then the other sheep will be like, This is bogus, the sheep is dead, but they'll leave eventually and come back and eat it uh, uh, and that's the same that's the same thing that, that that happens with us and it's not just a physical thing that happens it's a spiritual thing that happens as well it's, a, it's a, that's those thoughts they assail a person when they're when they're when they're alone and so people who are feeling people are feeling doubts in their iman, people are feeling down. Of course, we're sitting in the Khalil Center. Some of these things, they go so far that they they require clinical intervention. But there's a a clinical definition of of depression, and then there's like a normal depression that every human being goes through. Sometimes that normal depression, it goes so far that it requires clinical intervention, but like 85% of the time or whatever, uh, it's not that far. You can help yourself by coming in the company of other people and shaitan what happens that these are like psychological issues, shaitan will exacerbate it just like when a person you're a a doctor, sami mashallah you're uh, whatever uh, you know providing people with antibiotics or whatever doctors do right is this not true that people carry with them diseases sometimes that lie dormant in the body and then when the body becomes weak then they pop up and they hit you right so that happens also with shaitan as well there are things that a per, person, you know, like the, there's things that are like they're dormant inside of you and they're waiting for you for your moment that you have. You're the weakest and you have the least resistance against them spiritually. And then shaitan will get up on you on that time because if he tries to mess with you while you're like all namazed up in Ramadan mode, Laylatul Qadr with your like pakora in one hand and on the other hand, uh, you know, he's not going to get nowhere with it. He's going to have to wait till, he's going to have to wait till, uh, uh, you know, you're, till you're down and you're, all these other things. So when you walk into the when you you know when you walk into the dars where the hadith of the Prophet is read, or the halaqah or the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is being made, these are places where where you know you have the, the protection of like the flock around you. It, literally the hadith of the Prophet with regards to uh, uh, there's a long hadith with regard narrated by Sahih Muslim with regards to um, the the benefits of making dhikr and the benefits of the gatherings of dhikr. Literally, right? And so, the, the, the Rasul, when he narrates that, it's the angels they witness that gathering and then they have a conversation with Allah Ta'ala about it. And finally, Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala says, My angels bear witness that I, I uh, uh, accept from them and I uh, forgive their sins and all of these other things. And then the angels bring up an objection. Uh, the last thing is they bring up an object, objection. They say, Oh, so and so was there and he wasn't there for, like out of your love, he wasn't there for sincerity, he was there for some other reason. And what does Allah Ta'ala respond to them? He says, Humulkomula Jalisuhum. Those are such a people, the even the ones that, that, that sits with them, that person will never be unhappy. They'll never be wretched. So that's a that's a, I mean, the hadith is it's a good bet. Don't separate yourself out and then afterward be like, oh my god, like I don't, you know, believe in I don't know if I can believe this anymore and I can this and I can't that anymore. These things are true, I mean these things are, to some degree, they're also choices that we make as well. Don't live in like some weird community in like the backwards no, middle of nowhere if your iman is weak. Right? With Captain Barbarossa, he keeping it real, man. He's like, he's like the lighthouse over there. He's generating so much newer people from miles around can see it, right? But if you're not in that hal, if you're like, you know, your iman is dangling by a thread... You know, it may be time for you to like, you know, get an apartment next to next to like MSI or whatever. Why? Because, uh, because that's that's it, right? Dar Al Qasim is on one side, Dar Al Salam is on the other side. You know, the uncles got you covered for uh, for Fudger and 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 Isha, and uh, you have help. You have someone to back you up. You're not alone anymore. And this is also another reason why the ulama classically didn't used to look look uh, favorably on people leaving Darul islam many of us we had no choice we were just born here, what are we going to do, right? Uh, but classically that's something that, that the fuqaha, the madhahib they didn't used to look, look favorably on it, it's not because they hate, hate you and me, it's a very practical, there's a very <coughs> practical reason for it, that the people, the adhan is there the masajid are there, etc, etc when you're alone you're especially prey. Uh, 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 and some people Allah gives them a strength That they can resist All of these things But not everybody Most people they, they get affected by People who are around them If you see that Don't waste your akhira It's not worth it Surround yourself With better company Better people Even if it means Taking a pay cut It's okay You know Yom al Nobody's going to be asking You for a 20 Everybody's every, You got 5 dollars I can borrow Nobody's going to be asking You got 5 dollars I can borrow What are the people Going to be asking One another Can I have a subhanallah Get lost Get your own subhanallah can I have Allahu akbar? Get lost. Get your own Allahu akbar. This one's mine. I, I'm gonna need it. Uh, uh, so don't 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 waste your iman if 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 you're in a perilous situation and you're alone and stuff like that. Just go go wherever go wherever the Muslims are and wherever you need to to shore your iman up. You'll very quickly realize they're not perfect. But like, disbelieving God is not one of the things. They they may like you know, sell you inferior quality biryani or giro. But, uh, uh, but, like, you know, throwing your mind in the garbage can is, inshallah, not one of the complaints that you're going to have from them. One said, i ibn going an Abihi an Jaddihi, radiallahu <laughs> ta'ala, anhum. whom? qala be here and I'm going to 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 be here and I'm sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to I love this. This is, this is amazing. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that's the beauty of his words. Eloquence is getting to the point, not beating around the bush. Rasulullah sallallahu wasn't blunt, but he did get to the point. He did it with style and he got to the point. Uh, uh, he wasn't insensitive or whatever, but he got to the point. So people can understand. You know, not everyone is the sharpest tool in the shed. You know, if you... Tell someone that there's like Baghmi Bulbul they not everyone understands what you're talking about. So sometimes you have to get to the point. Sayyidina Amr uh, bin uh, Shu'ib, from his father, uh, from his grandfather who was uh, uh, Abdullah ibn Amrin, Ibn Al Asr radiallahu ta'ala anhu, they narrate the hadith that uh, a rider, a lone rider, is shaitan. And two riders are shaitan two shaitans. Say, so, you no, know, Shaykh, you're not being sensitive. Sorry, Rasulullah sallam said it. And he's right. If you disagree you're wrong. So the lone riders a shaitan and the, 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 uh, the and two riders are two shaitans and three riders are are like a group of people traveling. meaning what? A person who's alone it's bad news for him and he also it's quite possible he may carry bad intentions for other people What do they see? they say see all these like what they call like a, a lone wolf attack? It's not like there's, because it's so stupid, you listen to the news at CNN, you think the ISIS are some sort of like criminal mastermind geniuses. They're not. They just flood social media with stupid messages, and there are people who really need to just see someone at Khalil Center, uh, or see someone like, you know, who can help them like with their, with their, with their issues, and uh, uh, instead they don't get that help, but because they're Muslims, all of a sudden everything they do is holy war. And so someone just does something like, you know, some 17-year-old kid does something dumb, which is what 17-year-old kids do. But they just didn't, you know, they just, like somebody uh, hit them with a particularly stupid message at a particularly vulnerable time in their life, and they didn't talk about it with anybody, right? Why? Because if there are three or four people sitting around, they would have realized when they look at each other's faces how stupid of an idea this is. But it's usually the individuals that that, that you get to. Why? Because shaitan attacks thee. Uh, uh, shaitan attacks the, uh, 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 the the sheep that strays from the flock. So Rasulullah ﷺ he said what? He said that that one rider alone is shaitan, and two riders are two shaitans, and uh, three riders are 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 like traveling companions. One said that Abu Sa'id and Abu Hurairah ta'ala anhuma "Allah qala Rasulullah ﷺ, 'If three people travel.'" Sayyidina <laughs> <speaking> <them> <speaking> Abu Sa'id al Khudri and Sayyidina Abu <speaking in the> anhuma <language> Allah be pleased with both of them. They both narrate the exact same wording of the hadith that the Messenger of Allah said When three people go out uh, on a trip, uh, then let them pick one of them as a leader. So the idea is three a big number or a small number? It's small. So the smallest number that's considered a, a, a correct pl- plural in the Arabic language. Oh, there's a usuli discussion as to whether two is plural or not. Without getting into it, it's the, the smallest number that without difference of opinion it, it, it forms, a, it forms a plural in the Arabic language. Is a, 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 a trip uh, something that's permanent or transitory? It's transitory, it's just ephemeral, it's temporary, it just, it's for a short time. So if it's important that three people on a trip, even them for them it's important that they should pick someone to be an emir. This is a sunnah. If you go out and, on a trip, that you should amongst yourselves pick someone to be an emir. Then then what about more than three people and what about something that's more permanent than, than going out on a trip? It's even more important. Now this is, the, this is the problem, which is what? Which is that the egos of people have become so huge and intractable. Completely intractable. Nobody can accept the Imara of anybody anymore. Parents can't accept the Imara of their... Uh, children can't accept the Imara of their parents anymore. Youngers can't accept the Imara of their elders anymore. Uh, wives cannot accept the Imara of their husbands anymore. Students cannot accept the Imara of their teachers anymore. Nobody can accept any, anybody telling them, this is, you, you can't tell me what to do. Who's the, the, if you, nobody tells you what to do, then you're alone, and you're the one that shaitan gets easiest. The people in the old days, the idea of that someone is Amir and it's a sunnah that someone's Amir doesn't mean that that person automatically turns into some sort of infallible Nabi. The understanding is that that person is human, they are fallible, but having somebody as Amir is still the benefits outweigh uh, outweigh the, the harms. Why? Because when there are three of you and there's Imara, then you're together. When there's no imara, then there's one, and then another one, and another one. There are three single shaitans going together. When you have an imara between them, the, between you, then you're 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 one jamaah of three people. When there's no imara, then there's three separate shaitans that happen to be uh, going together with one another. This is a really really big deal. This is a real big issue. Nobody is going to listen to this at a huge conference and there's nobody's going to like listen to this. So just the people who are here and the people who listen to it, let them listen to it. It's part of your your success as a Muslim that you should be able to accept the imara of another person even if that person doesn't seem to be the most competent or you feel like you have more haq to the imara than them. This is not me making this up. This is who said this? Rasulullah ﷺ. He told the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum that a day will come. This is a hadith narrated by Sayyidina uh, uh, Qatada radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Abu Qatada radiallahu ta'ala anhu who was one of the heroes of the Ansar, he was like one of their tough guys in battle. He was the guy when they went for Umrah and stuff, he would not go in ihram. He would go plain clothes and he would be armed because he was a security for the caravan. He, he visited Sayyidina Muawiyah radiallahu anhu during his caliphate once. Imagine Muawiyah radiallahu anhu accepted Islam after the Fat'h. The Sahaba, the Ansar, the ones who were, who like basically built this whole thing up. The, the, the Muhajirin came to them and that's when it started. As a community, that's when Islam started as a community. They're the ones who were there from the very beginning. And so he's visiting Sayyidina Muawiyah radiallahu ta'ala anhu who is now Khalifa in Damascus. All of the Ansar to them, to a man, they all back Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu. And so he went and visited him, and it's a proof, this is a proof that they didn't, neither side, you know, considered the other one to be a kafir, or munafiq, or whatever. They actually visited him. So Sayyidina uh, 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 Mu'awir, radiallahu anhu, he said, he said that, How come that the Ansar come and visit me? He says, and so uh, Abu Qatala says, because we don't have any camels. So what happened to your camels? He said, they got tired. He said, why, why did they get tired? They said, they got tired chasing your father first, and then chasing you afterward. They're all out of commission now. And so Muawiyah radiallahu anhu is like an absolute ruler. He could put him to death for that, but that's not the kind of person he was. The way he dealt with his enemies, if you read the history and things like that, the way he used to dealt with, deal with his adversaries, he would just give them money, keep giving them more and more money and uh, gifts and things like that until they felt ashamed to oppose him. It's a very successful technique, and it's actually cheaper than fighting a war uh, in many cases. So what happens is that, that uh, 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 he, he says to him, he says, I'll tell you something else. Abu Qatada says to Muawiyah radiallahu anhu, I heard the Messenger of Allah وسلم, say that uh, uh, one day this affair, the leadership of the ummah, meaning this affair will be put in the hands of people who don't deserve it. Meaning that there will be people who are more deserving than them. What is he saying? He said, We were here from the beginning. How come you're ruling right now? It was with respect. It's like they took bay'ah with him, they accepted his imara. But he was telling them that, that we're the ones who were doing this thing from day one. And like, look, interesting how you, now you're Khalifa. What did he say? He didn't say it like that bluntly. He said, What? He said that I heard the Messenger of Allah وسلم, say, A day will come where this affair will be in the hands of the people who don't deserve it. And then Sayyidina the Muawiyah, what did he say, radiallahu anhu? Well, that's what you think. That's your opinion. Get no. What did he say? He said, What did Rasulullah say then? What should we do? What should you do when, when you see that day? He said that he told us to have patience. And uh, then Sayyidina the Muawiyah said, Then have patience. Meaning what? Rasulullah sallallahu didn't say, no, the, now the revolution is gonna go down and we're gonna paint the town red and it's gonna be red October and God knows what and, you know. No. <coughs> he, he says, follow the Amir, the Imara is there. As long as it's there, follow it. As long as they don't call you to open kufr or abandon the prayer or whatever. Why? Because it's obvious to everybody this is not the optimum situation, but it's still better than, than the chaos where everybody, their their unity breaks up and everyone just becomes shayateen on their own. So, this is the pro- This is one of the problems that we have nowadays. Okay, what is the Farangi's like uh, 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 method of destroying every place that he comes to? It's divide and conquer playing people off against one another and divide and conquer? Mathematically, what's the logical raya, the extreme form of divide and conquer? How's this the maximum you can divide people up into? Individualism. I guess you could cut people into pieces as well, but then there's nothing to rule anymore. Who's going to earn money so that, you know, your corporation can get a tax break afterward? Who's going to buy your goods afterward, right? So you can't just kill people. The maximum you can divide them up is into individuals. This is, listen to everybody very carefully, this is why individualism is pushed down your throat. It's not because of freedom. It's not because of liberty. It's not because of the pursuit of happiness. It's not because of any of those things. It's what? It is the logical extent of divide and conquer. When no two people, when every person's nafs becomes so indomitable, so like irascible, so intractable, that no two people can agree with one another, that nobody, even husband and wife, can't, can't agree with one another. Right? People who should love each other can't, can't like compromise and get over their, their issues. Then what happens? Right? When children, you know, like they can't get over, I mean, do you guys agree with everything I say? No, right? But we get along, Right? Why? Because we're a family. If we didn't get along, it would be horrible. She's an honest kid, mashallah. She's like, yeah, sometimes Baba says stuff, and I'm like, what's that all about, right? But the thing is that if everybody, if no two people, literally no two people can get along with one another, then what happens? Then the entire poem becomes a victim. This is what, it's, a, it's not about, it's not be like, oh look, he's bringing his like, weird patriarchal, backwards, stone age thinking that's going to make us all become slaves to uh, you know, some mullah somewhere and whatever. Trust me, the days when people were slaves to some mullah somewhere, that's when the ummah used to have some respect. People used to have a good time. They, they lived a very beautiful life in those days. Right? What, you, what you demonize like that, it wasn't that bad. It was actually, it was much better than look at, now everybody's individual and educated and whatever. And the Baghdad isn't the Baghdad it used to be. And the Damascus isn't the Damascus that it used to be. The Cairo isn't the Cairo that it used to be. The Lahore is not the same. Lahore it used to be. Right, these places, Dili is not the same Dili that it used to be. Why? Because people can't get along with one another. They hate each other. They, 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 the, the only thing more intense than their hate for each other is their love for their own nafs. How is anyone going to go anywhere with it? Whereas Rasulullah, this is one thing, mashallah. Tabli Jamaat, I hand it to the Tabli Jamaat. Khair, there's been some hiccups lately. I don't want to get into it. But the point is, at least with the small Jamaat that goes from your local masjid, right? As much as they may not win the Imam Ghazali and Fakhruddin Razi award for like sophistication and like intellectual uh, Islam or whatever, right? When you're going on Jamaat from like MSI to Villa Park or whatever, imagine if they let the Jamaats into Villa Park, right? If when you're going on Jamaat from MSI to Villa Park, and there's like five of you, Farhan and Isma uh, Humayun and uh 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 um Shahir, sorry, and and, and Rafa and and <coughs> and uh, uh 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 Abdullah, right? Look, it's so this nafs is so annihilated, he doesn't even recognize his own name, right? Abdullah, right? So When the five of you are going on Jamaat together, you're literally going to drive for like seven minutes, nine minutes, 11 minutes or something like that. What is it? You pick someone who's Amir. They pick Rafet. Man, what is Rafet going to tell them in those nine minutes to do? What if he says, go kill yourselves? It's haram. Already the sharia has a fail-safe. You can't obey the, 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 the creation and, and the disobedience of the creator. Killing yourself is haram. We're not going to do that. So, and, but You're still a mirror, but we're not going to do that. Okay. Um, we're going to fill up gas from Chevron instead of from Shell. But Chevron, it's like two cents more expensive. And it sells Aquafina, whereas I like to buy the Dasani water. What is, is someone going to die from that? What's going to happen? literally, it's, there's almost no harm that could happen from it. Most of the time, no harm, but the benefit, what's the benefit? When you're together, the worldly benefits aside, the barakat from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's a big benefit. Just the fact that the rest of them were prepared in their heart and in their mind, that, that I'm going to step on my nafs and I'm going to follow our Amir, because this is the, 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 the happiness of Allah ta'ala, and the, uh, the raza mandi of Allah ta'ala is in this, in this act. That Allah Ta'ala will be radi with me. Allah Ta'ala, his relies in this act. It's not about doing it. Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta'ala asked Sayyidina Ibrahim salam to sacrifice Sayyidina Ismail salam. Did he actually make him kill him? No. But the fact that he was ready to do so, that he passed the test, that's it. That people should be ready inside of their hearts. That's why we have teachers, we have mashayikh, our elders, we respect them. Someone said, well, what if someone, you know, abuses their authority? Okay, and if they're abusing it, then we can talk about it. The idea is that, one thing is if they abuse authority, like you can talk about. Okay, let's you know, like wait for Rafi to you know go to the bathroom, and we'll just jump in the van and take off. That's like that's a problem. Still, there's still oftentimes people want to like rebel when there's still remedies that are that that are to be had if people are calm. What about us now? We're not even we're not even like ready to entertain the possibility that anybody else will have any sort of imara over us in the first place. This is one of those things, you know, you can read a thousand books about Islam until you practice these things in the suhbah of the mashaykh, you'll never understand what they mean. You can read a thousand books about Sufism until you actually sit in the suhbah of a shaykh. When you read a book about Sufism, it's like King Arthur and Camelot, and uh, you know unicorns and wonderful mir- book, things about miracles, and everybody's wonderful and it's nice. When you're actually in the khanqa getting dressed, d- drilled down by the, by the, the nazim and like, you know, uh, you want, you're still hungry and like they took the food away and whatever, then you're like, wow, this is a lot more uh, real than, than we thought it was supposed to be. But the barakah is in the realness. The barakah is not in like, you know, like whatever, some sort of Lord of the Rings out version of, of, of Islam. Because that doesn't exist, it never existed. You thought of it in a certain way, it doesn't exist that way. This is a thing people should practice these things. You know, just accept that fact, that, that, that one person, even if it's the person you detest the most, that the, the, the ridha of Allah Ta'ala is in being together, and being together, the sign of the togetherness of a people is that they have imara, that when they move, they move as one. And the right of an emir is that he should be obeyed, and the right of the ma'mur, the people who uh, are under the emir, is that they should be listened to. All of these things, we've forgotten how to do them. So someone becomes boss at work, why? Because I have the money, I own the company. Or because I'm the one who got the raise, I'm the one who got the promotion. They don't even listen to people at work. Consequence, everyone at work hates them. If the unit fails, it fails together. If the business fails, everybody's out of a job. There's adab on the other side too. You should listen. Parents, you should listen to your children. Husbands, you should listen to your wives. Like not just like, yeah, yeah, okay, are you done yet? But like, no, actually like listen and think about it before making a decision. You don't have to give an answer today. You can give one tomorrow or like in two, three days. People don't. Nobody. The people. Once they're on top, you know. Once they're on the bottom, it's all about the revolution. Once they're on top, it's all about. Uh. 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 You know. Like I earned this. I deserve this. And like everybody else is jealous of me. This is all like super. Like nafs. Uh. uh, uh gotten out of control. So what did Rasulullah sallallahu says that said he said that that uh uh, uh that three that 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 if you three people go out on a journey, then let them. Choose one of them uh, as an emir. But uh, Tariq al uh if it's more than three people or if it's something more permanent than a journey, then they should, uh, uh, they, should they should then also have a leader. One said, Ibn Abbasin, and this is one thing very, I'll be honest with you, this is something I've, it hurts me inside. And I'm not, I'm not like saying it out of whatever. The, the ulama in any place, they can't get together and they can't pick an emir amongst themselves. It hurts me inside to say this. Uh, and inshallah Allah Ta'ala give all of us tawfiq and give all of us hidayah because if, if they did then the people, the people amongst them anyone who had any khayr inside of them they would follow it's difficult it's something that affected every single tabaka of society uh, um, and, and it, you know they, they, they just, can't, can't, just can't do it we can't as a Muslim community we can't pick if we, wallah if the Muslims in America they would pick someone as an emir, right someone who at least believed in the deen right uh, and believe that the Rasul ﷺ, what he came with is the truth, and believe that what's in the Qur'an is true. Uh, if we, and we, we, follow, we wouldn't, as a community, get tossed around like we get tossed around. We wouldn't get uh, jacked like we, we do from all sides. Why? Because anybody who wants anything from us, they know every single man amongst us, every single woman amongst us. There is statistically... Uh, 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 going to be in like 5, 7 whatever number of million people Muslims there are in this country, there's going to be someone who will agree with everybody so you just sift through until you find the person who says, yes I think m lemonade is the most important thing in Islam and khalas you give that person $100,000 a year and give them a nice stage and make a nice sounding name for their organization the Islamic uh, Supreme Council of the Islamic uh, you know, Klingon Empire and khalas that person is now the president of it and, uh, 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 they'll be, and they know that they can interview them on Fox News, and what will the Muslim community do? They'll be like, oh, this guy was on TV, why don't we invite them to our masjid for the next fundraiser? Why don't we invite them to our masjid for the next, or you know, our thing for the next conference? Why? Because we don't have any group amongst us in the first place that we can say, does this person even speak for us, or they do not speak for us. So you have all of these talking heads, some of them utter blasphemy on social media daily, and and what happens we accept them as our leaders because we don't have a group in the first place so they're not our leaders they just people there's like five million individuals each one represents themselves and that person seems to have gotten the spotlight so we think oh well he's more leader than the rest of us are so we may as well listen to what they have to say now they become an important person in the in the community uh, uh whereas that's that's you know that's ridiculous so north korea found an american who thought north korea was good right dennis rodman I said, this is the leader of the Americans. We're going to negotiate with him on behalf of America, right? The government would be like, this is a joke, right? You, you can have him. <laughs> you can keep him. They wouldn't get anywhere, right? They wouldn't get anywhere. Yes, ma'am. Is it, is it, is it this practice of assigning a mirror, is it good to, to do it even with two people so you can check your own self? I'm listening to what you're saying, because sometimes we to ourselves, but if it's two of us, two sisters is it best to just go that extra mile to just have one leader over if we're traveling together with with two people generally the adab is that your companions that you just look out for each other uh um that that much uh, you know you just look out because it becomes overbearing then there's checks and balances if there's one person's amir and two aren't then like you know the person who's giving the commands is cognizant that like you know if the command becomes too ludicrous i can be over overwhelmed but yeah, two people, the adab is you just look out for each other and show concern for one another. So the last hadith in the Bab, inshallah and Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Abbasan radiullah ta'ala anhuma Um and this hadith is awesome. This hadith like it's uh, uh, a person iman should come into their into their heart and flow through their veins when they hear it. And in Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam sahabati وخير ألاف ولن يغلب عش يغلب ألفا من قلة. رواه ابو داود وقال حديث حسن and this is a glad, great glad tidings for people anyone who wants to do something in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the help of Allah ta'ala is there for you the prophet sallallahu alayhi said the best of companions are four if you want to do something get four of you together and, and do it Inshallah, the help of Allah will be with you And the best detachments are 400, right? If you have some big project that you want, big task, if 400 of you are on the same page, the help of Allah Ta'ala is with you. And the best of armies are 4,000. And Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, 12,000 believers, 12,000 people of la ilaha illallah, they'll never get together and do anything and fail because of lack of numbers. If they fail, it's going to be because of lack of sincerity or lack of obedience uh, to Allah Ta'ala and His Rasulullah or because something else was better for them. But 12,000 people will never get together and be frustrated from whatever they, they're doing because of lack of numbers or means. Dude, there's like 12,000 Muslims in Chicago. The problem is, and they all eat gyro biryani but they can't agree on which gyro biryani they want. So bale balay, you know, enjoy yourself, keep doing doing what we're doing and like see how far it goes. Otherwise it's not like a huge number of people. And that's something that we need to do if nothing else, if everyone is intractable, if every man hates his neighbor, you know, have kids, teach your kids, you know, teach your two boys, love one another, inshallah, they'll become twelve thousand soon enough. You know what I mean? Whatever you can do. And this is the thing, this the sad part is this is that the person who learns the lesson and prepares for it. Um, that person on the other side in the يوم القيامة, even if you're like yeah I see this 12,000 thing let's do it and you're the only one and nobody else shows up to help you you stick your hand out and nobody else takes you by the hand uh, in order to do it so I'm not even trying to be no emir I'm just there if somebody wants to be my emir I'll, I'll put my hand in their hand and follow them but let's do so let's make the world a better place uh, um, anything, right? Because people always think about the caliphate and stuff. I'm like, dude, why don't we try to make a masjid with a clean bathroom? You know, let's start with a good shoe rack and then build up from there, right? Whoever, whoever says I'm ready, I'm ready. Whoever wants to be my emir, I'll follow them. And nobody puts their hand out, or someone puts their hand out and they're insincere. I'll be honest with you, my personal personal experience is like that. That I always tried ever since I came back from madrasa, and very contrary to my indisposition disposition and my own uh, pre madrasa training. I always tried. Uh, whenever somebody is there, if they want to be Amir, you be Amir, I'll just help you and I'll work for you. And many people take that as a sign of, oh look, this is like free slave labor. right? And this is a mas- mas'uliyah, right? It's a responsibility with Allah Ta'ala. Even if you stick your hand out and nobody else takes you by the hand, or they take you by the hand and just waste your time and abuse you, in this world, the bad news in this world, it's not going to work out. The good news is in the hereafter, you'll receive the reward of what your intention was. Uh, The thing is, this world, it sucks to fail in this world. I'll be honest with you, it's not fun, nobody likes it. However, the good news is that this world is only temporary and that the hereafter will last forever. So someone might say, well, all this uh, talk you're talking about, you know, 400 and 4,000 and 12,000, all this stuff, but it's impractical. When will all these people ever get together and whatever? What I'm saying is going to hell forever is very impractical. So follow the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu The dunya is like a blink of the night. When it's gone, it's gone. Nobody will be able to get it back. And the akhirah, we're all going to be there for, forever. Yeah, the day of judgment is a day that starts; it never ends. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives so much tawfir to all of us to make good decisions for ourselves in this world and the hereafter. You never know. You know, sometimes you, you try something and you ask Allah for His help and like you yourself are surprised how, how did this ever happen. How did the help of Allah Ta ever come? We never thought this was going to make it anywhere. We just said we're going to do this for the sake of Allah out of his Maḥabbah, and look where it got. Uh, 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 you know. And a person should be never surprised by the help of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. It's done greater things than you know, stuff that we're trying to do. Allah Ta'ala give all of us so much tawfiq. Wa 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 wa